There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Wendy. And our tactics guy, and a man who looks a bit better than the last time I saw him when he was wearing a Boris Johnson wig <laughs> and an In Liz We Trust t-shirt. <laughs> That's me. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Hey, man. Hey. Uh, why were you wearing those things, Nathan? Well, it was my stag do, and also because my my good friends correctly recognised if they put me in the traditional, you know, fucking mm. pink frilly dress or whatever, that I would be actually perfectly happy with that. And, You'd be yeah. thriving, so, yeah. <laughs> so instead so they, they made you they Tory boy. A Tory for a night out in Brighton. Um, you, know. you, you didn't actually get that much attention for being a Tory, did you? It was, it was probably, in the end, a little too subtle. Um, mm. Mm. It wasn't quite. And the other thing with that is that, like, a lot of people in Brighton are wearing very over the top things so if you want if you want to grab people's attention you've got to be in you know a banana suit really and even then it's just yeah, a yeah. deal and that's yeah yeah <laughs> well, we'll have some more stag talk in a bit because i think we need something to cheer us up so we decided that we would record straight after the everton game this week which is why probably most of you are hearing this a day late we're going to release it early for the x subs and then tuesday morning for for the regular punters um, we will follow up with another pod later in the week because this is going to be a kind of quick, punchy reaction pod because we're all shattered from Nathan Stagdew and also it's 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 20 past 10 in the evening um, after the Everton game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, that was that was some of the worst tactics I've seen at Spurs since Antonio Conte was in charge. <laughs> I mean, you can't respect um, Stellini that he he really loves Antonio Conte. He, <laughs> a a tribute act. He's, he's he's gone one step further. He's he's gone he's gone not even full Conte. He did some amazing things today, Stellini. Things which <laughs> at some point in our history we'll look back at going, wow, that's how you really get things wrong. But as as much as as much as that, I I just realised today I hate a lot of our players, man. I hate a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that you're saying that at all. I, I thought you'd find this an intensely frustrating match. I, I was just, I was downbeat from the second the lineup was announced, to be honest. I thought this was a real opportunity to try something new, get the fans on back on side, be a little bit more experimental, a little bit more forward thinking, throw in a bit more creativity, bring Dan Juma in from the cold after all the quotes in the press conferences. And what we saw was essentially an Antonio Conte 11. Um, and we saw Antonio Conte tactics. We saw Antonio Conte substitutions. We saw Antonio Conte pragmatism. 
maybe there's a bit more energy, a little, a little bit more like G'd upness at the start, but that soon dissipated and our players were terrified um, as soon as they got ahead. I don't even know. I don't even know what we can take from that game aside from just abject disappointment. Um, Nathan, firstly, were you surprised that Hugo Lloris came straight back into the lineup? Uh, a tiny bit just on, on timing wise, but I also think that like it's very hard for like especially Cellini, but very hard for a coach to leave the club captain on the bench, you know. And again, like especially if this is your first game in charge, right? So, so I think that that Forster has been playing better this season, right? But I I kind of get that decision um, for the I, most I- part um, from Cellini. To be honest, I. I wasn't too. I wasn't as bothered as you were by the starting okay. eleven. I was. I was like, look, okay, fine. He's gonna. He's into. Gonna ease into things. Hopefully, we'll see a bit more open minus. But but injuries have largely forced his hand. And I was. I was extremely ready to be in Stellini's corner. I was extremely ready to be relieved by by Stellini staying at the club. Um, and and him taking the reins. And I. I, I I felt quite good about most of the first half. I think I thought you know, like Everton was super super up for it. Clearly, clearly, really a real level of intensity. Really buying into to Daesh and to, to fighting for something. Um, and I thought we did a decent job of matching that. Look, obviously, we're talking about scraping a very very low bar when it comes to matching the intensity of a team we're going to get relegated, right? But. Some of the more nuanced context there in terms of them bringing in Daesh and stuff, I think is, is fair mm-hmm. to observe. So Everton did a really good job of, um, packing a five man midfield in a narrow area and just congesting the middle of the pitch really well without surrendering all the way into their own box. Um, and yeah, we, we failed to create through that. We had a couple of vaguely threatening counters. Um, but I largely thought, you know, nil nil, but that was okay. Second half, Everton come out and they they pressed the back line more. They have a midfielder pushing up to the front and and are giving our centre backs a hard time. And I'm less happy with that that we are now kind of getting played off by Everton. Then a bit of luck comes our way, right? Um, Decore slaps Kane in the face and thinking, okay, yeah, we are lucky that that's that's fallen for us. But you know, at least we at least we kept the game in the swing of things that luck could go our way and we get the penalty and it's tucked away. Um, and then immediately after going one up, I just felt like we left the game, like job done, um, sat all the way back, lost all of our intensity. And then obviously the subs are the, are like a parody of Conte's subs, right? Sanchez. And like the, the worst oh possible subs. And actually like situationally, yeah. the worst possible subs as well, because like you're, you're sitting back uh, yeah. and you'll bring on, the centre back who's the least comfortable on the ball. Yeah, so we yeah sitting back off the ball and then in the ball we decided that we continue, wanted to continue to play it short to draw Everton's press out. This is before Davinson sub right, and then we want to draw them out even though they're they're playing with ten men. And then we still can't mm. find a pass forwards. We still, we still, the ball into midfield is still picked up mm. by an Everton player. I cannot understand yeah. how that is happening. I don't particularly want to go back and find out, right? But something's going seriously wrong if you're being pressed all the way up the pitch by 10 men and, and coming short in that. And then by the time we get Davinson on, obviously he's literally worse on the ball by a long way than Longley, especially yeah. for playing on the left. So I don't know what the thinking was there. Not to say that Longley was doing well, don't get me wrong, but Davinson's always going to be a downgrade unless the idea was, oh, 
let's stop playing football now. Let's just surrender the ball and that big, big Dave can head away Everton's crosses and we'll see at the one nil. I mean, I guess that was probably it. But Christ, what what a way to approach a football game against a, a, a terrible, terrible club. I feel kind Being of... Don't put Davinson Sanchez, Davinson Sanchez on that pitch at left centre-back was the worst decision you've done. But I do mm-hmm. feel that we're kind of getting away from... We're kind of like looking at Sanchez as, as the fault and Lucas as the fault. These two are idiots and they shouldn't be anywhere near the pitch. Mm-hmm. But there was just something bizarre that happened to us. And I, I, I've arrived at this point in my life where I can't keep saying this because people go, oh, it's just your fucking agenda and your narrative. But there is a, there is an issue that our, mid, our defenders can't pass into midfield. There's nobody there. I want to see an aerial view of that in the second half when when they were trying to press our back three. That Romero would get it and there's literally nowhere to go. Everybody is to the side of him. Longley, Perisic, Scheuberg, the other side, Skip. Everybody, there's no one in the middle. Kane's right up top. Son's all the way up top. There's a huge issue there with us trying to play out of defence. We're not a team that can that go long. We're not a team that passes out. We're not a team that can press. I, I don't know what we are. And I, I think it was a bit optimistic of you, Wendy, to think that all of a sudden Stellini and Mason would just like cut the ropes and let them go free and, and run wild. That was that was never going to happen. I, I think there's a real issue with some of these players. Players. Son, I don't know who Son is. It's, he's an absolute stranger compared to what he was before. And Kuliseski, the output from those two is really, really low at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say um, in the same exactly what you're saying what the lack of options when the defenders have the ball is a real problem. And it's the same when our creative players have the ball as well. The amount of times Kuliseski receives the ball has three or four men around him, absolutely no option to pass to. So all he can do is try and take on three players, sometimes successfully. Sometimes he'll beat his guys and get his head up. And again, there's just, other than maybe like a slide ball forward to Kane, he's got nothing. The the lack of movement, the, 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 I, I just think at this point, the players are so low in confidence and so overcoached in terms of such specific movements They've they've lost all um, they've lost all belief in themselves to actually pass and move for one another in a more natural way, um, and because Conte's uh, patterns are failing for whatever reason, it might be the players, it might be opposition teams working it out. It, there's a whole load of reasons why it could have gone wrong. That they're, they're unable to find other solutions. And that's why I felt like just hitting the reset switch and playing a, a, a 4-2-3-1, another creative player on the, on the pitch in Dan Juma, some, someone else who can make something happen off the cuff. I felt like that that reset, you know, these players, they, they know how, they can play a back four. They know how to, but it's not like, it's not like you're starting from scratch. These players have played back four plenty throughout their career. For their countries, they do it. Um, I feel like that would have been a really sensible option. I think we probably will do that maybe at the weekend now because of how horrendous today was. And I, and I just, I'm left thinking, why don't you try something? Why don't you just try and give them just something new, something fresh to work with? Um, because it felt extremely stale. Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate what Nathan's saying that um, the first half wasn't awful. But we didn't have a shot after the 16th minute. We had, Son had an off ch- offside shot. Hmm. Aside from that, we didn't have a shot after the 16th minute in the first half. We flatlined completely. And we had a couple of counters, as Nathan said, that looked vaguely promising. But there was, no, you know, Everton were controlling things. They, they had us where they wanted us. Um, and, and agreed, like, Dyche is a really highly competent coach and has, to some degree, turned Everton around. But just so disappointing to see that. That performance, um, I don't know, man. I, I I wasn't hopeful for top four. 
I haven't been hopeful for top four for a long time. I thought sacking Conte was the right decision. I think I think he made his job untenable after what he said in the press conference. But to me, the decision to stick Stellini, stick with Stellini, is highly questionable. I, I, I honestly, I think Daniel Levy um, is having an absolute shocker here. That like, keeping Paratici at the club throughout everything he's been through, and now sticking with Stellini, I just don't get it. I don't know what he's trying to achieve. Um, it's what I said last week. I said, I'm lost for words. I said last week, fair enough, you sat content for everything that's happened and everything is said, but then you don't put Stellini in there, man. This is a this is a guy who is who is mini. He's like mini me. He's mini Antonio Conte. What what are you gaining from putting him there? Oh, the players like him. Have we arrived at this point now where we have to protect these players so much and give them someone they like or someone that they they respect? I don't know. I, Stellini had a nightmare. The players had a nightmare. It, there was. I thought Kane was. I thought Kane was excellent. The, the only problem with Harry Kane is he has to pass the ball to, to other people, and that's when Tottenham fall down because when he's got the ball, everything's all right. But the moment it leaves his foot, we're in. We're in. We're in trouble. Loris. It was sad to see Fraser Foster be dropped. I thought he'd done mm. really well, and I thought mm. when we were trying to play out, you could see the difference immediately. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think that's what Forster gives us. I think he he's a better goalkeeper for us right now. He might not be a better goalkeeper technically or shot stopping whatever but I think he gives us what we need but we're not like Nathan said we're not going to drop Lloris I, I completely agree that that incident where Lloris played a hospital pass into Romero mm. with two players around him Romero like did really well to, to resist the pressure and then found Dyer who swung a right boot at it and barely made any meaningful contact and it just goes straight back to Everton with two of our players essentially on the goal line and they could just play a ball forward because it's obviously not going to be offside it just showed me exactly why Fraser Forster should have kept his place because Lloris has lost all confidence. I mean, he it was never a good passer, mm. but he, he's become worse and worse. And this style we play, where we try and draw the opposition out, is so ill suited to Lloris's skill set. He, he's not the right guy for that job. Um, Forster is way more confident in possession. Um, and, and I think that was a really poor decision, to be honest, to, to remove Forster. I think it's also like. It's anti meritocracy, and and I think like that they, they could have they, they could have carried on with Forster until he made a mistake, and then brought Lloris back in, and I think that would have been a really reasonable, supportive gesture of, of managers to say, look, we're not going to drop this guy because he's done us he's he's done all right for the past few games. Let's stick with him, and I think that would have been a statement to the squad. Um, I, I I I really I really think they fuck they fucked up here with the team selection and I think they fucked up with the tactics and I don't I don't see how they can recover the confidence of the squad now I think you know we 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 could plummet like I said we could end up completely out of the the European places if we're not lucky and that's going to cost us significant money if we if we do mm. yeah yeah I mean I I I I was on a different page to you guys I felt fairly happy about sitting sticking around um, but uh, it looks like I got that one terribly wrong based on what we've seen so far I mean I don't know I, I because there was, there was the the three of the four prior games right where you know especially against City and Chelsea we upped our intensity we kept it up for 90 minutes mm. and I just mm. thought that we might see more of that and yeah. it started off that way and we just faded and I don't know if that is how much of that is mental how much of that is fitness did we fucking run 2k earlier in the day and what if anything <laughs> is that taken out of us you know I just I'm at the total loss with this club um, like I we, we, 
we've got Brighton on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to that one, by the way. It'll be my second time seeing my beloved Seagulls this season. Uh, so, you know. It, it could be a car crash. That could be an absolute car crash. Yeah, yeah. Brighton are playing so well right now, they could tear us apart. We need to make some changes. I would drop Sun immediately. I'd put a third midfielder in there. Go three-five-two. I don't know. Kuliseski plays a bit up front, doesn't he? With um, Isaac for Sweden, ish. Yeah, off the front man. Not hugely well, and it's the same for Juventus when it's playing up top for Juventus. Yeah. It's it's not great for him. He wants the space, to be honest. But well, maybe, maybe you get maybe you get more out of Sun if he's playing in the front two and not coming towards the ball, which again is yeah. more of what we saw again with you know with Stellini in charge. Yeah, God. It's, it's, it's really, it feels really bleak, doesn't it? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I would like to talk a bit about Kane, though. I, 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 yeah, I, go I feel on. Like, go I feel like I've, I've, I'd like to throw Tottenham players under a bus, but I think I think the red card situation and everything that's happened after it, I think it's really unfair how the world or the British press, anyway, deal with Harry Kane as, as an individual, as, as a human being. I think Harry Kane is the England captain and, and basically the top captain. He's a role model and he gets pushed in the face. Now, they are holding Harry Kane to this kind of Mother Teresa set of laws that no one else in football should abide by. That no mm. one else in football follows, and they should—they're like Harry Kane should stay up there. He shouldn't go down. Why? Is there a reason for that? I don't think so. I think Harry Kane got pushed in the face and legitimately went down because there was a, a, a foul had happened. Pushed in the face, referee. This has happened. This is this is unprofessional behaviour. This is a push in the face. He needs to be sent off. And I, I just think it's unfair for them to say he went down easy. Every single footballer goes down there, but because it's Harry Kane, they expect him to to stay up and, and like martyr himself. For for, yeah. the, for the purity of the game, and it, that yeah. really annoyed. Me. I I completely agree. I mean, it's um sure he is. There's a little bit of theatre involved in, mm. in making sure the referee knows exactly what's happened. But there, there is a still photo of Decore literally like putting a claw into yeah. Kane's face, like a finger in the eye. He's pushing oh. his face. Fucking didn't that happen to Kulusevski right at the beginning of the game as well? Yeah, I thought he got a, like a fish hook in the eye as well. Yeah, just went completely forgotten. But yeah, yeah. You, you mean you're right. You're right that like I've just seen a tweet. I'll just read it 
word for word. Kane is absolutely the only player in the world who can get that done to him and still be seen as the bad one. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so it. true, so yeah. true. Yeah. Kane's the only person that could score a goal, a, a penalty, in a World Cup quarterfinal and then be called a stat pad in penalty none. <laughs> Messi scores penalties in, in the World Cup semi-final, but he's a, Jesus, he's a genius. Kane scores penalties and it's like, it's a bad thing. And I just think the set, the rule book that they throw at this guy, he's, he's living up to like someone's, someone's dead wife, that the second wife is never, ever going to live up to this. Like it's, you're setting an impossible standard on this, this incredible footballer who's the greatest English striker that's ever existed and the greatest striker we've ever had. And they just keep trying to find ways to bash him. And I love him so much for scoring that penalty. And if this is the Brilliant end of penalty. Kane, this is the end of Kane. I've had a love-hate relationship with him a lot, but I will always love him way, way more than, than I hate him. And I just think perhaps I just, maybe I just want even more from him, but he's an incredible footballer and I would be very, very sad to see him leave. Yeah, I think um, that is a subject we should definitely touch on later in the week if we pod again, because um, there are, there are some reports that he's not signing a contract, and I think that's very reasonable at the moment with the the chaos the club is in. Why would he Why would he commit? He needs to wait and see what we plan to do before he commits. But let's talk about that later in the week. Um, we have a new partner to tell you about, uh, NordVPN. So over to Bardi. Did you know that speed is important, Windy? The faster, the better. <laughs> I like my VPNs to be like my footballers. Quick, direct and secure. Not an ambling wheelbarrow churning its way <laughs> through the midfield, failing to close down opposition centre-backs as they lumber forwards. That's why it's great that we're in a partnership with NordVPN, the fastest VPN in the world. There's no buffering, no sideways passing, no pointing, <laughs> shouting or just hiding. It's proper VPNing. It doesn't hide, it leads and it gets the job done and then some. For just the price of a coffee, you can get a VPN that passes the eye test and smashes the stats. That's what I call a partnership. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash inch to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Nathan, did you have a good stack? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I did. Thank you. Thank you both for coming down. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, we should thank... Uh, extra inch listeners i mean in some ways i want to thank them in others i i feel the absolute opposite <laughs> um buddy go on explain explain what happened we played i didn't even realize it was called a game because we only found that out when they told us off but we we let everybody <laughs> know that we we're in the weatherspoons and we were celebrating nathan stag and um after 20 minutes we got shut down because of all kinds of nonsense started to arrive and <laughs> there was there was a lot of highly trained chefs if they are highly trained at Weatherspoons being asked to warm up beans and make an egg and p- send over peas so the manager came over and told us off but not before delivering I don't know 60, 70 shots and <laughs> and, a, and a, a lot of beer and a couple of Moretti's which are very welcome I think one of them was from Cal thank you so much yeah thank honestly that was very, it was really sweet that people wanted to um, help us celebrate Nathan's Stag, um, a frankly outrageous amount of shots. Um, there was, um, we, we did our best to put them away, but ten packs of biscuits. And um, Nathan's friend Anthony was delighted when a, when a whole gammon meal turned up, and he, <laughs> he happily polished that off. I think the gammon meal was for you, Bardi. Was it for <laughs> it definitely <me>? was. <laughs> but Anthony Anthony uh, attacked it with with vim. Um, yeah, the <laughs> so there the, 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 the were fireball shots. Uh, which is like a, a cinnamon whiskey shot. It's, it's quite unpleasant. And disgusting. We, we'd had so many other shots that we were discarding them into an empty pint glass. 
And then inexplicably, one of Nathan's friends said to someone else, like, if you have those two shots, I'll down this. And it had like probably six fireballs and a couple of tequilas and God knows what else poured into that discarded glass. And and the man just the man just necked it as if it were a glass of water. I, I don't I don't know what he was thinking. Um, half an hour later, his eyes his eyes were all over the place and it was game over. It was the murder point. I think um, people might not believe this based on the character that I've created on this podcast, but basically um, that's the kind of stuff that I used to do, <laughs> right? I've, I've set the tone. Well, we we heard a lot of those stories. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've drunk myself onto the floor uh, with and around my mates um, dozens of times, and I don't really drink anymore for multiple reasons. So he's he's just he's just holding the torch for me, <laughs> basically. It was a Nathan A. Clark tribute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it was it was very fun to uh, to subject my mates to to all of those drinks. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it was like highly entertaining that we got shut down by an egg. Um, I, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> not the, not the first time I've been shut down by an egg, Wendy. <laughs> Uh, the go-karting was also a lot of fun. Um, Bardi's yeah. a natural carter. It's, it's the Italian in me. It's the, it's the Ferrari in my blood. <laughs> Toro Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say, when you when you follow Windy round a track, he is the <laughs> most careful person at corners. If his go-kart had indicators, he would use them yeah. as he was going around the corner. It's true. It's true. Um, you know, I, I drive a go-kart, go-kart like I drive my regular car. Uh, very cautious, uh, very sensible, very considerate of other road users. Um, I wasn't letting Nathan pass me, though. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you checking behind yourself <laughs> multiple times on the corners because I'm right up beside you. Yeah, yeah. There was one thing I was going to do that was stop you getting past me. Yeah. And the six people behind me in turn, yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. It was really fun. Good, good day out. I was, I was suffering for it yesterday, though. Let me tell you. Um, and Bardi and I had an absolute nightmare getting out of Brighton. It was the Brighton Marathon. Um, <laughs> all the roads were closed. I ended up having to. I, I don't know what happened, but essentially, I went in a bus lane which had a camera on it. So I'm definitely going to get a ticket. There was no other options. There was literally no nowhere else for me to go. Um, it was very is, stressful. Is this the closest you've ever got to breaking the law when they're going down a bus lane? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it might be. I think it might be, and um, I'm, I'm I'm holding my breath now as I wait for the ticket to come through the post, and I'm going to contest it. I'm going to contest it by saying I had no other option. My only other option was abandoning my car until the the roads were opened again at eight o'clock at night, which obviously I wasn't going to do. Um, but yes, thank you for having us, Nathan. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think we'll leave it there and we'll come back and we'll do another pod later in the week. Hopefully after a few days of, um, of letting this one sink in, we might be a bit more rational and, and have some, maybe some more optimistic takes. Um, or maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll feel even worse about this horrendous game. Um, Just a quick question before we go. Mm. Do you think Stellini's gone by the time we by, by the time we record next? No, because I think that would depend on us appointing a permanent manager. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen in in this time. Well, I mean, one thing we haven't talked about is is the impact Graham Potter leaving Chelsea is going to have on our managerial hunt. So we'll definitely touch on that in the next pod. That and our fucking director of football being <laughs> yeah. relieved of his duties. Well, uh, Are we just waiting on this appeal or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is a that is a net positive in in, our, in terms of our managerial hunt, though. Uh, well, yeah, but unless, he's terrible unless, at appointing managers. 
the whole point is that we just wait around for his, oh, his, his appeal. Jesus. I know you're trying to wrap up the podcast, but like we're being as sort of passive and stagnant in mm. in the greater world of the game as we yeah. were in that match against Everton. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's not much fun being a Spurs fan at the moment, is it? You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nate If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash the extra inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Trayton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out. He's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at theextrainch.co.uk. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the X-Subs, we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on you Spurs. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.